everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Loco. My name is Lauren Colvin, and this is the podcast where I interview girls in creative careers about how they landed their dream job and about how you can do it too. So today on the podcast, I am talking to Flynn, who is an actress and now a career coach. And Flynn goes into her whole story on going to school for theater and acting, on getting her first internships, reaching out to people, getting her manager and her agent. And I think Flynn shares a lot of advice, not just for others looking to become actresses, but for all of us who are reaching out for help and networking in our certain career paths. And she talks about what's appropriate to ask and what's not appropriate to ask and how best to follow up and show that this is something you really want. She had some really awesome stories about that. And then she dives into her current career, which is in coaching. And Flynn is the perfect person for this job because she has done so much self-growth and research for her own self in manifestation, motivation, and how to get from point A to point B and really go after your dreams. She's done therapy and life coaching herself, and now she wants to pay that forward, and she talks all about starting her own business and how she put together her course and even gives some um, advice on books to read and podcasts to listen to and things to help inspire yourself. So I hope you guys are so excited to learn from Flynn today. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and without further ado, let's jump right in. today. Yay! Hello! (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to share with everyone about just your career in theater and now what you've moved into. But do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes. um, My name is Flynn. I am 25 years old and I am a full-time creative. So I am a life coach. Uh, I teach women creativity and coaching and how to build self-confidence. And I also am an actor. And so I've done a lot of commercials and I'm working on both of those parts of me at the same time. And it is so up in the air and it's so exciting. Yes. I love it. I know you're doing so much right now and I can't wait to jump in, but let's start at the beginning and talk about when you were growing up, what were you into and would you have ever guessed that this is what you would end up doing one day? Oh goodness. Well, I've always been a performer. I, of course, as so many young kids do, like I, I made up the shows in my house with my sister. And it's actually funny. I've, when I was little, I did not like to nap. And so I would just lock myself in my mom's room and pretend I was sleeping, but I would really like raid her closet and make outfits and like sing to myself. So I've always, yeah. (laughs) So I've always been like a creative artistic soul. Um, I think I wanted to be a singer for a long time when I was younger, but I've kind of dropped that as I've gotten older, but I definitely haven't lost the wanting to be an artist. So Mm -hmm. totally. And so when you were realizing that you loved, right, like performing and being creative, like, what did you get into when you were young? Like, were you asking your parents, like, I need to get into theater, like I need classes, I need lessons, like that kind of stuff. 
What's funny is not at all. I played sports. I was very into mm-hmm. soccer. I did basketball. I did swimming every summer competitively. What's sad actually is I tried out ballet when I was very little, like six or something. Mm-hmm. And my teacher essentially told my mom, like, she's not meant for this. And so I didn't take dance class ever again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And <Wait>. I know, <laughs> isn't that so horrible? Yeah. So what I would do is I would, when we would like have to go across the dance floor on our tiptoes, I would run. And so mm-hmm. instead of teaching me, she was like, no, she needs to be playing sports. And so my parents uh-huh. were like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I, ho- I think things have changed now, not to bring up a whole dark topic, but I think now teachers might be a little different and more encouraging, I would hope. Yes, um, yes, totally. <laughs> but all that being said, can't take it out of me. I got back to that eventually. Um, but I did spend most of my, until high school, I actually didn't do any, anything in the arts really. Like I pretty much played sports. So. Yeah. Wow. My gosh. I didn't realize that. So when did you do your first like CMT show where you like came out like to be in a show outside of school, you know, and like, this is something I want to try. Yeah. So that was the summer before freshman year. So that was, I was in honk. I was, yeah, I was (laughs) Queenie, the little sexy cat. Um, And yeah, so that was the first time I was like, I want to do a show that's not part of my middle school elective. Like it Mm -hmm. was my choice during the summer and that started everything. Yeah, that really sold you. Were you, after that, were you one of the ones to like do every show of the season? Because at our children's theater, you could do four shows a year. Or were you one to like just do the summer shows? Um, It was kind of a mix. So I, after that, I started auditioning for stuff at my high school as well. So I kind of went back and forth. But by the, by senior year, I think I probably did three shows a year at Mm -hmm. CMT. At high school and at CMT? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was pretty, pretty all in, I would say. Yeah. And were you still playing sports at that time too? So you're juggling a lot? No. Oh goodness. No. I, I think being an artist and being an athlete takes so much commitment that yeah. it's really hard to like be good at both. Um, and so I kind of chose and I, I obviously don't regret my choice. I wasn't going to go to the Olympics for a sport. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so while you then made that choice for theater and you were thinking about colleges, what were you thinking about in that decision? Like what were some of your ideas of like what path you could go down? Yeah. So that's crazy because I applied to and auditioned for approximately 14 schools. I decided wow. I wanted to go to school for musical theater. That was my love. And like, I've always been very smart. I always had straight A's and everything. And I knew I could kind of be whatever I wanted to be. And I'm really appreciative that my parents supported me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always like, that's the thing that brings me the most joy. And I wanted to follow that. So yeah, so I went all in and applied to as many musical theater schools as I could. I auditioned. I went to Unified, which if people don't know what that is, it's where all of the theater schools will come to New York or LA and you audition for like 10 in a day. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. And what's funny is 
I ended up going to UCLA, but that was one of two California schools I applied to. So oh, I, wow. yeah. So You're I were planning had, to be out of state. Yeah. I was planning to go to New York or anywhere close to New York. Cause in my head, I was like school theater equals Broadway, Broadway equals New York. So totally. I, it, and it's just crazy looking back. Like UCLA was so where I was supposed to go, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I would love to dive in more about these college auditions and what that was like, because that fascinates me. Like I just applied to colleges with like an essay maybe, and you know, like the usual stuff, but like going in, that's like the biggest audition of your life. I don't know. Like, like how did it feel (laughs) at that time? Right? Like, (laughs) yeah, well, it was unique in that I had only ever really auditioned for people I knew like at CMT was the same creative staff and your same friends and all that over and over again, obviously same with my high school auditioned for your teachers. So this was the first time I had ever done a thing, quote unquote, professional, where people were actually like judging my talent, I guess. And Mm -hmm. like seriously judging because they had to pick 20 or so kids to let into the school. Um, Yeah. And what's also crazy is you have to get in academically as well. So Mm It's you have to do the full college application process, write the essays and everything, and then audition. So, right. yeah, uh, it was a lot yeah. for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And so you said you decided on UCLA. Did you get into others and have to make a decision, or because they're such small class sizes, is it kind of you usually just get into one and that's the one? Um, I can't speak for other people. I did get into. I wouldn't say all, I would say probably a third of the schools I auditioned for. Um, So I did have to make some choices, but I did not get into any of my dream schools that I had imagined my life being at. So I, what's so funny is like, I was at first disappointed to choose UCLA, which is so crazy because to most people, they're like, that's one of the best schools in the whole world. Why would you not? Um, Mm -hmm. but I created this whole narrative of this other school is where all the people that end up on Broadway go. And if Mm -hmm. I don't go there, then I'm not good enough. So that's definitely something I had to learn. And that's been a a theme throughout my life of reminding myself I'm good enough and trusting where I'm supposed to be, you know? Yes, no, totally. I am, I'm sure so many people can relate to that, especially in college decisions. Um, yes. But I'm so glad you feel now that like that was so perfect for you and where you were supposed to be. Like, wow. Oh my God. It could not, I cannot imagine going anywhere else. It's oh, insane. It's so funny how that'll happen. But so yeah, tell us about your experience going to school for theater at UCLA. And I mean, being in LA is also a great place to be. I'm sure there are some cool opportunities, like anything fun you want to share from your time. Yeah, I I loved going to UCLA because it was a college. I had auditioned for a lot of conservatories. And mm. what I liked about UCLA is that I had my all my acting classes, all my singing, all my dancing, and I had the conservatory experience. But I also got to go to football games and I joined a sorority for a time and I went to I joined different clubs. Like there were so many opportunities to grow as a human outside of just the arts and like Mm -hmm. become friends with people that were chemistry majors Mm -hmm. and political science majors. And I think that was really good for me to broaden my horizons as a human being, which in turn influenced my art. 
Absolutely. No, I think that's such a great point. And something I felt too, like I was so happy to do the four-year college experience before going to fashion school because I kind of got that well-rounded experience as well as still getting my arts, you know, degree. So that's great. You got to do them at the same time. Did you feel like it distracted you though? Because that I think was something I had heard and worried about, about like trying to do them both at the same time that then I wouldn't give my full focus. Or do you feel like, especially being in a cohort of the arts, like was everyone really like helping each other, like stay focused and give it their all? Yeah. What's unique about UCLA is that it really is a program where you have to be disciplined to do it yourself. Kind of like, obviously Mm -hmm. they lay out the classes for you and everything, but if you want opportunities And if you want to set yourself up to succeed after graduation, they put a lot of responsibility in your hands. So Mm -hmm. I've always been someone, yeah. So I've always been very um, driven and have very specific goals that I want to accomplish. And so I was proud of myself in that I felt like I was able to prioritize what was important to me. But a lot of kids in my class, I would say, struggled with that because it it is so easy to get in get what am i saying <laughs> because it's so easy to get intoxicated by the college experience yeah um but i feel like i found a really good balance where i got to do both and i love that i got to go to football games most of the time but then sometimes i had i couldn't because i had rehearsal and i liked that balance yes Oh my gosh, totally. And so, yeah, share with us some of the things that you had to take responsibility of in gaining opportunities and like what that looked like. What was it? Cause it's not like an internship per se, but like, right. Like finding ways to be honing your skills outside of school and being in projects and things like that. Yeah. I actually do have a funny internship story. Oh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I, this is like the epitome of going after something and making it happen. So I had a substitute teacher for my voice and speech class. And she like casually mentioned that she worked in casting. And so I was like, oh, I'm a junior. I know, I don't know anything about casting. And I know that that's a very important side of the industry. So yeah. So basically I stalked her on LinkedIn, found her email and was like, I would love to come work for you. I heard that you work in casting. I want to know about that side of the business, even though I'm an actor. And essentially she was like, no. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I have to respect that. But what I did is I checked in every few months for like six months. And then eventually she was like, okay, this girl really wants this. It's unpaid anyway. Like it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so grateful I followed through on that because I learned so much from that internship. And now I'm an actress and she's still in casting and she brings me in all the time. She cast me in my first uh, feature film, um, The Nun. I got cut from it, but it was... Oh my gosh, I saw this on Instagram and we'll have to talk about this. Like, yes. (laughs) That would suck so bad. (laughs) Yeah, but I got the experience of being on the Warner Brothers studio. I got Mm -hmm. to do a film with Taisa Farmiga, who is... I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. Taisa Farmiga. Anyway, she is a very (laughs) successful actress and it was really cool to like see that side and Mm -hmm. get to learn the industry in that way. So like out of that 
out of that internship came so much and I'm really happy that I followed through. I think that is so smart of you to look at coming from the other side of the industry. Um, right. Even though you're like, well, I want to be the actor. I'm going to keep going that route, but like learning about what you're about to be getting yourself into. Oh my gosh. That's going to put you ahead of all of your peers. Yeah. Yeah. Also it was so reaffirming to be, to see all these girls or women my age coming in that were ahead of me in their careers and to be like, Oh, they're normal people. And also I can do this too. And like, it gave me confidence in that, like, oh, these quote unquote stars that we view as untouchable are literally just like us. And it's possible to be in the room like they are. Absolutely. I love that. And yeah, the connections, the network and props to you for finding her after the fact and following up on LinkedIn. I think that is so important. And I wish I did it more when I was growing up. And I say that a lot on this podcast, like number one tip, like I think people should be reaching out to the people in the jobs that they want, or even over Instagram these days, DM people, like our networks are so vast, like got to use it. Yeah. Also like the worst thing that happens is they say no. And of course you have to respect that after, after a few times. I mean, I don't (laughs) think, I don't think no the first time necessarily. Follow up, follow up. Yes. Yeah. Um, in business, not in other contexts, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't think it can ever hurt you to ask. Like my my philosophy is always just like put it out there. It It's in my opinion and in my experience, it's never hurt me or affected my career for the worst. So totally. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that internship story. So that was, yeah. your, that was your junior year. Did you have any earlier on in your college career or did you pretty much wait until like your set, your like last two years to like start working outside of school? So I didn't have any other internships. I took summer school a lot. So I was pretty much on campus. Wow. Year round. Yeah. Um, And I took summer school because I would do shows outside of school. So I would audition for um, little professional gigs or community theaters around LA during the summers. And I would stay at, I would take classes so I could have the housing basically. Um, But it was fun because I got to take classes that I wouldn't have normally taken during the Mm -hmm. year. Um, And then also I got to explore LA and like, get a little introduction into the theater scene, which at the time is what I really thought I was going to be doing. So it was beneficial in that way. Yeah. So you were still doing musical theater productions and were any of these paid productions? Yeah. All of them were paid. Um, That's awesome. They weren't paid equity wages paid, but you got a stipend or you got an hourly. um, So still considered semi-professional theater, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And building your Is it a resume in theater? I'm like forgetting what you would call it. Yeah. So you definitely built, yeah, building your resume and same thing, networking, like working Mm -hmm. with any director, choreographer that you can so that if they're doing something in the future, people tend to be pretty loyal, especially if you're a hard worker. So yeah, absolutely. And then did you have any other jobs on the side while you were going to school? Like, was that making enough money for you to get by or were you working elsewhere? I'm very lucky in that my parents paid for my college tuition. I did have to work my last two years of college because they were essentially like, we'll pay for your tuition, but you need to pay for everything else. 
Right. Um, so I worked at LA Fitness as a receptionist and I learned a lot from that job <laughs> because I hated it. Mm. And uh, I stayed there for a long time and I was miserable and I had to get up and I worked the 5 a.m. shift. So I had Oof. to be up at like 3.30 or no, not 3.30, 4, 4.30, very early. Um, and it exhausted me and it took away from other things that matter to me. And so mm-hmm. that's been something I'm happy that happened because I learned a lot through that experience. And that's been something I've kept with me as I've had to have survival jobs and grown and now for the last five-ish years, I have paid for my, not five, when did I graduate college? <laughs> I know, right? How, how um, long has it been? <laughs> three years. I guess yeah. for the last three years, I have paid for my life fully. Um, and I've made the commitment to myself to not put the need for money over my happiness mm-hmm. um, because you can always make money. You can always find another job. And doing a job that pays minimum wage to that makes you miserable is just not worth it. You know? Yeah. I so, so agree. And I love that piece of advice and I'm glad you reflect on it positively and that you learned something that you didn't like it. Like, yeah, yeah. Something good will come out of it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. And I would love to hear more about these musical theater jobs and acting jobs that you are finding. Where were you looking for those and how were you getting into auditions? And do you have any tips for people on that? Oh goodness. Um, well things might've changed because that was, what did we decide three years ago? (laughs) Yeah. Three years ago. (laughs) Um, That was three years ago. And since I've had rep for the last three years, so I haven't had to um, self-submit. Yes. Um, But I did do a lot of that when I was in college. So I used backstage and I used actors access and Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would submit every day and audition as much as I could. And I did a lot of random student films that weren't great, but I learned a lot. Um, and yeah, I, I also took some classes outside of school, some extra audition classes because mm. we didn't really get that in the UCLA curriculum. So yeah, I just kind of did whatever I could to mm-hmm. work with people and to work. Absolutely. And then you got a rep. That's awesome. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah, I was... I like to say that this business is so much of hard work plus luck. So that definitely was that (laughs) in this case. Um, So I, UCLA had a showcase like most acting or musical theater schools do. So we had a New York showcase and an LA showcase. And I actually did not, you had to audition for both. And I actually did not get into the LA showcase, which is, funny. Um, I was devastated, but now it's like everything worked out in my favor in so many ways that it's, it's funny and it's a learning experience in that once again, like college, like I didn't get into my dream school and I was devastated. And then I went to UCLA and it worked out better than I could have imagined. Same thing. I didn't get into the thing I thought was the be all end all. And I'm glad I didn't because I had other opportunities open up for me because I didn't. So Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. But anyway, I did do the New York showcase. So me and my class went to New York and we did 
a showcase for managers and it was so fun I also had never been to New York Um, oh my gosh and so getting to go with your class I feel like that would be the best oh (laughs) it was a dream come true we saw shows we hung out it was so much fun um but the purpose was to write this showcase yep yes the purpose was for the showcase and so through that I was really lucky I got to meet with like 10 maybe 13, a lot of managers in New York and agents. And first off, it was very stressful because like I said, I hadn't been to New York and I, it was pouring rain and I had to figure out how to get to all these meetings. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You had to go to them. Oof. Yeah. Yes. Like all over the city. I was very stressed out, but I made it. Um, And yeah, so I got to meet with all these managers and agents and one of them I clicked with and I signed with him, but I had a dilemma because at that point I was starting to realize that I wanted to do more acting over musical mm-hmm. theater. And, and he was primarily musical theater. And in New York. And uh, there's yeah. more acting in LA and I basically become an adult in LA and I love it here and I didn't want to leave. So I was like, I would love to sign with you. I think you are awesome but I want to stay in LA, take it or leave it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I was lucky enough that he was like, that's awesome. I think you're great and I want to keep you on board. I need you to be with an agent in LA that I love and respect. And so through him, I was connected with my current agent who is amazing and I love them and they are one of the top 10 agencies. So I go out for a lot of really cool projects, Netflix, HBO, Prime, oh all gosh. of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, Flynn. That is so awesome. Thank you. So and, yeah, it was very serendipitous, I guess. Yeah. And right. And like you said, it really worked out. And that that is so, I can see how that would have been so tough getting, you know, picked to be for the New York showcase when you were, had made this decision, like, no way, I want to stay in LA and I'm yeah. an actor. And like, I thought I wanted New York and Broadway, but I don't anymore. So like, but I'm glad you still went through for, with it, right? Because you, even though you met someone who was out there, they know people and were able to bring you back. And maybe it was harder for your friends who did the LA showcase because they were competing against so many others that like, you kind of got like a referral that maybe made it easier even. And that's what's interesting. Actually, the current agent I'm with, I had, I had sought rep on my own at the beginning of senior year before the showcases because it wasn't set in stone that we would get into them. Mm, so gotcha. I had emailed my current agent back then and they, of course, never responded because they get a million of those like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. Flynn and I'm just graduating, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's just so funny that, all I needed was someone to be like, yes, I, what's the word? Endorse her. Right. And then like, they're like, I like oh, her. Right. She has yeah. potential. You need to look into her. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. And so that was something you graduated with, right? Like, did you graduate feeling really solid, really good? I'm going to stay in LA. Like this is going to happen. Like, yeah. So I started auditioning pretty regularly before graduation even, oh, awesome. um, and started booking commercials and all that as well. So I, I graduated feeling like good and ready. And I feel like that's a huge blessing because a lot of people can graduate and feel like they don't know where to go next. So I was really mm-hmm. lucky in that I 
already had a team set mm -hmm. and I was already auditioning and all I had to do was kind of learn as much as I could throughout that process. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. And I've had a few other actresses on the podcast yeah. in the past, and we've talked a little bit about their agents and managers in that process. And both of them have gone through a lot of turnover with their managers and with their agents. So I'm impressed that you have stayed with yours for three years. Like, what do you think that that's about? Or has well, there been some turnover? <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that because I'm with the same agents, but I just recently ended up firing my original manager and bringing a new one on board in the last like two months, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it's a very recent thing. Um, and I'm so happy with that decision. And tell me a little bit more about that. It's so cool to be like, I fired someone like <laughs> on some level, you know, it's like you are in control of your life and you want the best people lifting you up, putting you out there for projects. Cause right. They're the ones who are getting all the pitches and you need them to be in your corner. And so were you feeling like this person just was not putting you out for things or they weren't putting you out for the right things or. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a little bit of that, but mostly what it was was communication and acting is a business and I think people forget that and mm -hmm. so I run my career in that way and for example if I email you I, as my quote-unquote employee I expect you to respond within 24 hours if it's a reasonable day like if it's not a weekend if it's a like we are in communication in that way and so I didn't mm -hmm. feel like I was getting that level of respect um and mm -hmm. what's really hard starting off is like i don't have any leverage i haven't made them that much money i'm not a star and so i think yeah. a lot of people starting out can have the mindset of like oh well at least they want me and then they get run over and i actually did allow myself that for like two years feeling uncomfortable and feeling neglected and but like you shouldn't ask for more because you hadn't made them money yet. Kind yes. Of thing. Like I didn't have mm -hmm. the right to have a conversation or to ask questions because I wasn't mm -hmm. worthy. I wasn't important. Um, and so it took me a long time to get there and it took me honestly, like really I was started doubting my original team like a year in and it took me two years to finally bite the bullet because I was scared, but I don't regret that decision for a second. Um, and now I'm with someone that I chose so intentionally. And I do feel like the first manager I chose was kind of, like I said, I didn't know anything. And I was like, oh, I'm in New York and this person thinks I'm talented. Like, sure, let's do it. Um, mm -hmm. But this time around, I got to have meetings with people and ask them the questions I wanted to ask and make sure that they were on the same page as I was. And and the fact mm. that I even have a page is a win because before I didn't feel right. like I had anything. So now I can be like, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. This is what I've done. And it right. felt like a real partnership. And so far the month I've had my manager, I love him. He responds to all my emails, all my texts. We have <laughs> a really great dialogue. I trust him. And I'm so happy to be where I am now. Yeah, that is awesome. And I love that that you said, like, you knew what questions to ask this time around. You knew what you were looking for because you had learned from the last one. Um, do you have any advice for someone who is looking for a manager or an agent? Like, what kinds of questions should they be asking? Yeah. Um, 
my, how I found my manager is I made a list of the actors and actresses in my life that I admire that are working. Uh-huh. And I looked on IMDb Pro. It's my favorite app. You have to pay for it, but it has all the contact info of people in the business. So okay. it has their emails um, and you can email them through mm-hmm. that. So I looked up the people I admire in my life who are working and on shows that I care about and I looked at their rep and then I created a pitch package pitch package for myself mm-hmm. and I put together my headshot and my, my headshots and my resume as well as my reel and some self tapes that I thought were important mm-hmm. and a little blurb of what makes me special. Mm-hmm. And I sent that to the list of managers, but, oh, but before that, I asked these people that I made a list from, I asked them if I could mention that I knew them. So what's important about that is I didn't say, hey, can you ask your manager to talk to me? And I didn't say, Mm. hey, will you recommend me? I just said, I didn't put them on the spot in any way. I just said, hey, Lauren, I notice you're with so-and-so and and I'm thinking about reaching out to them. Can I say that I know you? And every single person said yes, because that doesn't affect them in any way. They're not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I, people have asked me often like, Hey, can I reach out to your agent? And I feel uncomfortable because a, I haven't made them a lot of money and I don't feel like I can give them a recommendation, but also like I, even though I might love my friends or my the person that asked me, I don't know their work ethic. I don't know if they show up on time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, that kind of stuff. So I think it is uncomfortable to give recommendations so early in the game for so many of us. So I think it's important to not put that pressure on anyone. No, that is so true. And, and yeah, I think that was really smart of you to be like, I'll do the work. I'm emailing them. I'm reaching out to them. I found them. I just want to just plant your name in there just to be like, I know you, you don't have to give me a recommendation or, you know, if they call, maybe they will, but, but right. Exactly. And that, like, if they choose, if they saw that and were like, Oh, let me call Lauren about Flynn, then Lauren has the freedom to say whatever she wants. I didn't. Totally. It doesn't have to. Right. Yes. Yes. Totally. Wow. That is so awesome. And so then you got some meetings out of that. It sounds like. I did. Yeah. And so then as far as questions that I asked them, it was really, Mostly, I just wanted to be clear on what they saw for me and see if it was in alignment for what I saw for me, because that is very important in this industry. And for example, for people that can't see me, I am a woman of color and sometimes I can be stereotyped and I, for example, don't feel comfortable when casting directors ask me to be quote unquote urban. Like I don't Mm -hmm. like putting on an accent and pretending to be something that I'm not. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. So like I, I expressed those things and had an open dialogue with the managers, making sure that they were on the same page with stuff like that Um, or with nudity or, Mm -hmm. or obviously with communication, like letting them know, like it's really important to me that I feel comfortable to ask you anything and not be told that's a stupid question because I'm Mm -hmm. learning or that, like, obviously, when you send me an appointment, I'm required to confirm it and tape the audition or go to the audition. So I think the same thing should be, um, I think managers should have the same respect in that, like, if I send an email, they should also respond, you know? 
Um, totally. Yeah. So I think I just ask them questions about that or how they see me as far as my type and all those kind of things. No, I think those are so important. And especially in this industry where, right, it's, it's a, it's you, you're selling yourself in a way and like, yes, you're selling your acting and you can become another character, but right. Doing it in a way where you feel most comfortable and, and pursuing the career and the brand for yourself that you want to is really important and finding someone who's going to be that champion for you. So I think that's awesome that you found someone that you feel like you really connect with. Yes. I love him so much. Yay. Oh my gosh. And so let's talk a little bit about going out for auditions. And, um, it sounds like you have gone out for some really awesome projects. I'm sure you go out for stuff like all the time. What, what does that look like? How often is that? Um, I don't know anything you want to share. Yeah, it really ebbs and flows. Um, I will say I'm lucky in that I go out at least once or twice a month, sometimes more, For example, right now it's been a little more because production was paused for so long Mm -hmm. that they're really amping things up. So good. Good to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. So I've sometimes in the last two months had like three auditions in a week, which is crazy, but also very exciting. Um, So yes. Nice. And when did you make that decision to go to acting instead of musical theater? Do you want to talk a little bit about that dilemma and how you feel about your decision now? Yeah. So it was kind of a gradual thing. I definitely have auditioned for a lot of Broadway and I actually got very high up in the running for both Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen um, and went to New York for them and everything. I could see you in both of those. That would have been incredible. (laughs) Yes. And I, I love those shows dearly and I would still be in them, but the note I got from both at the end of the day, um, and this is like, like for Dear Evan and Hanson, at least it was like, there were three of us there. The person was going to be picked and put on stage in the next month. Like it was, it was go, go, go. Um, but the note I ended up getting for that and Hamilton was like, We love her. She's such a great actress. We're not sure if her singing can sustain eight shows a week. And so that hurt my heart so much. And the thing about singing is it's so uncontrollable. With acting, you can be sick, you can be tired, and you can still be brilliant. But with singing, like, you could wake up and have allergies or whatever and everything is out of your control Mm. or the weather. And I think what I do best with my creativity when I'm in the confines of control. And so I feel like I can be the most expressive and free and not worry when I know that there's a set, set safety Mm -hmm. measure, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with singing, I would get so anxious because I could practice for hours and hours and hours but at the end of the day, I couldn't control how I woke up in the morning. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so it just stopped bringing me joy as much mm-hmm. as acting, I would say. So I just decided and I told my agents, like, I will audition for projects that really matter to me, like Dear Van Hansen and Hamilton, but I don't want to put myself through that anxiety all the time. Like, I don't want to go out for every show that will see me it, because it mm. it's not worth the the anxiety and the the pain that it 
brings me. Yeah. And like, I'm doing this yeah. because I love it. I don't, if it doesn't bring me joy, I don't really want to do it. So absolutely. Wow. I know that just like opened my eyes to that whole side of things of musical theater and like your, your voice is, is your tool for success and it's your career, it's your livelihood. And like putting that much pressure on something, like you said, that you don't have control over it. That's really scary. And yeah, I, I completely agree with your train of thought and I'm glad that you made that decision for yourself and, and realized like, okay, and acting is something that you felt really confident in, really powerful in and brings you joy. And wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, like some people like Ben Platt, who is a very famous Broadway yes. person, like he has voice vocal cords of steel. So that stuff, right. he doesn't have to worry about that, but I'm not Whitney Houston. So yeah, in my case, it's just not as easy. And therefore yeah. it wasn't something I wanted to pursue professionally. Right. Like it can be done, but you are born with some edges up. Like some people Absolutely. are actually born with better vocal cords or better diaphragms, whatever it may yeah. be that helps with their vocals. And so it can, it is something that can be taught and be honed and be practiced, but right. Like being a, a all-star athlete, like you would have to work on your voice every single day, right? Like keeping it warmed up, keeping it healthy, like whatever it may be. And yeah, it's, that's a lot of commitment. For yeah. Sure. And I didn't, and like, for me, I want to read scripts. I want to act in my room, but I don't, when I have free time to be creative, I don't necessarily go to, I want to do vocal warmups, mm -hmm. you know? Yes, 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 totally. No, that makes so much sense. And then do you want to tell us a little bit about some of your favorite acting jobs? Yeah. Um, actually I have a commercial playing right now that I'm so proud of. It played um, at the NBA finals last night, which is really cool. Oh my gosh, Flynn, that's amazing. Yeah, because I got a lot of texts from people from home and Aww. all that. Um, so yeah, so it's a Coldwell Banker commercial. And it's funny, we were talking about singing because it is a musical kind of. Oh my gosh. So I do <laughs> sing in it, um, but it's very casual. I'm singing to my baby and it's like supposed to be normal people singing. So no one was coaching me on my pitch or anything, Totally. Um, but it was a really special filming experience. And we sing along to the song Homeward Bound and it's just really special. And I think a lot of people have seen it in this time and mm. the whole concept is going home and feeling safe. And I think it's brought a lot of encouragement to people people. And that's ultimately why I do art because I want people mm. to see what I make and feel good and mm -hmm. feel like the world has hope and all that. Mm -hmm. So, and also I, I was, I got to start in the commercial. So that was really special that like, oh it's kind gosh. of, I was kind of the lead person in it. And mm -hmm. that was a special thing in the storyline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like got chills already. I can't wait to go watch it. I'm going to have to go. Yeah. I can it. send it to you. <laughs> I would love that. And then I'll put it on um, your webpage for this interview. So everyone can who's listening. That is so fun. So it sounds like you're being, you're feeling really successful in your acting career. Like things are going well, but I would love to now talk about your pivot into another career path. Um, and what that decision was like. Yeah. So full circle, how I talked about working at LA fitness and yeah. feeling pretty miserable. I have been working in the restaurant industry since I graduated and I just kind of got to a point about six months ago where I was like, I 
it doesn't fulfill me in any way to be selling tacos. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was spending so much time at my restaurant where I wasn't doing anything that mattered to me. And like to some people, like being a server is really important to them. But for me, it didn't fuel my soul in that way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how can I use my strengths and my gifts to do something as a job that is fulfilling and helps people because that's my, that's my goal. And like I said, that's why I act like that is ultimately what I want to do Mm -hmm. on this planet in whatever Avenue I choose to do it in. And so I brainstormed and it was on the top of my, it was in the back of my mind for a few months. And then six months ago, I bit the bullet and was like, I'm going to become a life coach and I'm going to help young women with their confidence and self-love using creativity. And also I found that so many people, especially creatives are Mm -hmm. so talented, but they lack the accountability and productivity that's needed. Because like I said, acting or being an artist is a business at the end of the day. And you Mm -hmm. can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't know how to market yourself and if you don't know how to take the steps to get from point A to point B, nothing's ever going to happen for you. So, and I've always been really good about that. So I was like, I can use these skills to help other people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been amazing. Yeah. So where did you get the idea for a life coach specifically? Like, had you seen someone else who is a life coach and been like, aha moment, like that's the career or like, right. How did you come to that? Yeah. So my first roommate who I lived with two years ago out of college was in the same boat as me back then. So when we lived together, we were both kind of grinding, trying to be actors in survival jobs that we didn't really like. Um, Mm -hmm. And she ended up deciding to not be an actor at all. And she moved to Bali and became certified. Yeah. She became certified as a yoga instructor and became a life coach. And she's just living the life of her dreams. She's so happy and she travels the world and she like, it's so cool to see how many people that she's touched with her heart. And so I called her and was like, how, like, I want to do that. How do you do that? And so, yeah, so she has been wonderful and has been working with me for the past six months and helping me create my own business. And yeah, so it was one of those serendipitous things where I was like, we had that connection in such a different way two years ago. And now she's my coach and it's really awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Did you hire her as your life coach too, or just more as your like business coach or both? I do have a separate life coach, but yes, I hired her as my business coach. Oh my gosh. Awesome. And when did you get your life coach? Cause that also, I'm sure maybe was a part of the decision if you had experienced it yourself, like, oh, I can do this for others. Yeah. So I've been doing therapy and life coaching, um, one or the other for a while, um, for the last four years, probably. Um, so I've had my life coach for a bit. Um, and it's funny, it never occurred to me (laughs) when I was coaching with her. Um, so it's definitely different now, which is so funny. Yeah. But yeah. So I, what I like about coaching versus therapy is that coaching is action-based. So therapists kind of, their job is to look at your past and diagnose 
your your problems essentially and be like you're mm-hmm. depressed or you're anxious or all these things like making like, you aware of the past and how it's affected you and just telling you that and leaving it there yeah kind of um and then life coaches are more about the future so it's like where do you want to go and how can we get there mm. using these steps or how can we break down your goals and make it actionable and i just that really helped me and i think it's so clear And I just think it's something that so many people would benefit from. So I'm so excited that I get to do that now. Oh my gosh, absolutely. No, I'm so excited for you. I I have so many questions about this. I love it. Um, When you went to your friend who was a life coach, did she go through a program? Like, how do you get accredited for that? And then did you go through her same program? Um, So what's also different from therapy is you don't actually have to be accredited to be a life coach, which is interesting because it leads to obviously a lot of people that aren't qualified mm-hmm. and also could be scammers essentially, which makes me really sad. Um, but the way I look at it is I'm helping people get to where they want to go. I'm not diagnosing anyone. Um, right. So it's more of like a, an organization or an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, yeah. So like if someone came to me and was like, I, th- I think I'm depressed. I would be like, I, I can't help you with that. You mm-hmm. need to find like, a therapist. Like professional help kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I am working on a certification because I do feel like it's helpful. And if mm-hmm. anyone was feeling, um, uncomfortable by that, it's always an added bonus, but it is funny. Like there aren't any, you don't go to school for life coaching. Like the certifications are all like online programs essentially. Right. So yeah. Still, did you do some sort of program just to give you a a baseline or a guideline of, of how to go about coaching someone or what your calls should look like that kind of stuff? Not exactly. So like I said, I am in the midst of a program now. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't quite finished it, but I will say I have been, I guess I kind of made my own course and that I, was I say, have maybe read, you just developed it yourself, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I think I've read like 15 books on coaching, on mindset, on mm-hmm. manifestations, on negative thoughts. I listened to all these podcasts because, because yeah, it's really important to me that I help people authentically. I don't want to tell anyone things that aren't true or mm-hmm. um, have anyone sign up with me and then feel like they didn't, gain anything from our, our interactions. Um, and yeah. And then also as far as designing my program, which I spent hours and hours and hours on, it's been a labor of love, but, um, I basically just made my program for, for the past me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I use as a model. Um, like someone who was searching for validation from other people, someone who had really low self-confidence, someone who struggled with time management, like, and I was just like, how did I get from where I was then to how I got to now? And Mm -hmm. it's not as hard as people think. It's just more of like, a lot of people don't have the ability to do it on their own. Like, it's really hard to make big changes, um, especially if you've been thinking a certain way for your entire life um, Mm -hmm. without an accountability partner, someone to be there for you and encourage you and 
help you get where you want to go and not let you give up when it gets hard. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. No, I think this is so awesome and will be so fulfilling. And I know you've started out your, your business, right? So do you have some clients now? How is it going? Yes, I do. I have clients, which is crazy. Um, it is so cool. I'm so excited. And it's also cool. Like I already think that they're kick-ass women. So I'm so excited to like get them even to more, where they want to like, go, yeah. like even more. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm excited for that relationship and I'm excited to see them like their confidence grow because that's really what it is. Like people just need to see what others see in them. Mm -hmm. Um, and people don't. So I'm, I'm excited for them to see what I see in them and for me to give them oh. actionable tools to see that. Um, totally. But yeah, and but I'm definitely still like, still marketing and mm -hmm. still early stages. Yeah. So my mm -hmm. program starts in three weeks. So I'm still in the early stages. I'm really happy that I've had two people sign up already because it's three weeks away. So yay, yeah. that's awesome. And are these clients also actresses in the acting world or can you be from any background and you know, it would be helpful. Yeah. So the two clients that have signed up for my program are both, um, actresses, but I did do a run through. I did like a fake program for two people to make sure like what I was doing was helpful. Um, was so I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I walked them through the six weeks and one of them is in law school. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily for creatives in particular, but I think we use creativity as a means to develop confidence um, but she was re she really benefited from embracing that side of her because she's so academically driven. Um, so yeah, and I wouldn't say it's for everyone. I think what my program leads to lends to is people that whose futures are uncertain. So like I wouldn't say my program would be helpful to someone who is climbing the corporate ladder and. Mm -hmm is engaged to be married and like has everything kind of like knows where their future is. I think my program benefits people that are kind of like, I know I'm good at these things, but I don't know if I can follow through and like, I might want to do this instead mm -hmm. or yeah. So people that have questions about their next five years, I guess, I yeah. think that's who my program would help the most. Which I love that you said that because it's so important to know your customer and to have that niche market. And I think, think that's just going to make it a stronger program for you yeah. and, and for your clients. And I'm so excited that you're starting this business. I did a little coaching call with Flynn as like one of her like trials and yeah. it was incredible. Like you were so calming in the way that you talked with me and, and shared some tools with me and I felt really comfortable talking with you. So I feel like you're going to have so much success in this. And I learned some things on that call. So, Oh, thank you. I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. I can't wait to see it growing. I would love to also ask you, you talked about, um, reading books and listening to podcasts. Do you have any recommendations for people of books that they should go out there and read or podcasts that they should go listen to? Oh goodness. So many. I'm I sure. guess, yeah, I guess I should stick to things on topic for what we've been talking about. Um, my current obsession would be untamed by Glennon Doyle. I love her story because I think it's so inspiring to so many people. And obviously like most people don't have her exact story, but I think 
everyone, women especially, have had moments where they made themselves small mm-hmm. for because they thought that's what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I am so not about that. Like, be big and see what happens. That's my philosophy. And that's her philosophy. And I really loved that book. Love uh, that. I need to go pick it up. <laughs> absolutely. Um, let's see. Podcasts. Actually, we talked about this um, at one point, but one of the podcasts I love right now is How I Built This. Yes. And yes. And so they essentially interview CEOs of successful companies and they talk about how they got from point A to point B. And obviously I'm all about getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's why I started my business. Um, But also... What's cool is right now they're doing a segment called How I Built Resilience, and they are Mm. interviewing people and asking how they're getting through this interesting economic time that is 2020. And I love it because it's a good reminder that like, even if you people are quote unquote at the top, like everyone has struggles, everyone needs to adjust to the times and Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting to see how people, how people figure things out when they have to figure things out. Absolutely. Those are my favorite. How I Built This is my favorite podcast too. And really what inspired me to start this as well, because I love those stories and it really helps me feel not so alone and like, right, we're all, we all have to get there somehow. We're all on our special unique paths and there's going to be bumps in the roads, but we can get through it. And I think you've definitely experienced a few bumps in the road for you or what felt like bumps at the time, but were really blessings in disguise, which is so awesome. And I wanted to touch on this and we haven't yet. So I want to ask you now what it was like being in what was it called a nun or the, the, nuns? the nun it, yes. the nun it was just the nun <laughs> yes but what it was like getting casted for a feature film which is probably a huge deal and then the film came out and you went to watch it and you weren't ever in the film is that really what happened like that is exactly what happened and I'm sure um, that probably felt like one of the biggest bumps in the road like or just I mean did you still get paid for it at least but like still like Totally. I still got paid for it. That is in SAG rules. You have, if you work on set, you have to be paid whether you're in it or not. Um, but it was painful because I had been so excited. I was like, this is my first big thing. I told everyone about it. I had posted on Instagram and it was kind of embarrassing to be like, Oh, never mind." And it was a, it wasn't a big role, but I had a full scene, just me and the main girl. And so that was really exciting, but yeah, so it definitely was difficult, but it, I did research on when and why that happened. And Mm -hmm. I was happy to find out that it happens all the time. A lot of famous actors have been cut from early projects and it usually has nothing to do with your talent. Obviously, I have no idea. I couldn't ask the director. No, but that my my thought goes to for sure not about your talent. It was probably like a timing thing. Like the movie ran long and they had to cut something and they, they decided the scene wasn't important to the storyline, right? Something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. And I will say the scene was so exposition. It was not very exciting, honestly. Obviously, I was excited to be there and to book the totally, part, but like totally. as a as a producer, I would look at it and be like, "Ah, oh, it's fine," you know. Yeah. Um, there was mm-hmm. no drama; just kind of setting the stage. It would have been in the first ten minutes of the movie, so gotcha. it wasn't like a climactic moment, right? Like in the middle, like this needed to happen. Gotcha. Yeah, but 
Yeah, so I I don't know what good came out of it, and except for that I'm still here and I'm still yeah. going after things, and like that didn't destroy me, and that every actor's career has ups and downs, and that's mm-hmm. totally okay. And I also really believe that like what's meant for you will find you, and I know that the next role that I have that I book, I'll make it on the screen, and I and it will be so for me that the nun won't matter, you know? Exactly. It's just, it's in the past now, just a little blip. Well, I'd love to hear now, like what is in the future for Flynn? Like what are your goals for the rest of this year and for next year? Absolutely. So it is funny because it's 2020 and everything is so uncertain. Oh yeah. Um, I, so I don't really know, but I think that's what's, magical because Mm -hmm. this is the first time where I don't have a a survival job and I'm just being a full-time creative and making it happen. So I don't know. I can't say for sure where I'll be, but I know that I'm auditioning a ton and making a lot of progress, which is amazing for really cool projects. And I know that my first six-week program launches in three weeks and I'll have done my first program by the end of 2020, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, what I'm most excited about is in November, since I will be a working from home person and all my jobs will be from home or from my computer that I am going home for the first time since Christmas. I'm going to Seattle and Colorado with my boyfriend. So yeah, I'm really excited to just like embrace this life. Yeah. And embrace this time and embrace uncertainty, which I think is so valuable right now. Oh, I love that so much, Flynn. Thank you so much for coming on today. Do you want to share with everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. So on Instagram, you can find me at at Flynn Jade. That's F-O-Y-N-N Jade, J-A-D-E. And I respond to DMs and comments and everything. So Yes, I know. Everyone needs to go take Flynn's coaching business. <laughs> yes, <laughs> coaching, please. Yeah, of course. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's all my info is on the Instagram. There's a link to sign up if you want to do an introductory call. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks again, Flynn. This is so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. episode of Let's Talk Loco. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned tons. And if you're interested in learning any more about what me and Flynn talked about today, you can go to letstalkloco.com slash Flynn Hayward. I have linked everything we talked about in the episode today, including the commercial she was just in and a little bit more about her IMDb page and of course about her coaching business. And you can follow us on Instagram. Please follow at Let's Talk Loco to stay up to date with all the episodes coming out and I give out all sorts of inspirational quotes throughout the week and things going on in my life to try and inspire and motivate you guys and I am always here to talk. I love it when you DM me or reach out with any questions. I'm always happy to hop on the phone with you guys and give you any 
advice you need. So thank you so much for being a part of this Let's Talk Loco community. And don't forget to share it with your friends, anyone who is also trying to break into these industries and needs a little bit of inspiration. There is an episode for everyone. And I am so excited for next week because I'm going to dive into a new career path, which is costume designing in the Hollywood scene. So I had such a fun time in this interview and I am so stoked to share it with you guys. So definitely look out coming soon. But until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon.